For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast is provided by Subtruck Law. Revolution Recap thanks Subtruck Law for their support of our show, local independent media, and their mission of bringing unbiased truth. Revolution Recap would also like to thank Six Point Builders for their support. Six Point Builders are builders of fine, custom homes in the Boston metropolitan area. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Revolution Recap. We have a special interview for you today. Myself and Seth McComer of the Blazing Musket interviewed Tom Bogart of The Athletic. It was a great chat. Covered a lot of topics ahead of the summer transfer window that opens up, I believe, middle of next week. We talked about what the Revs are looking for, what they could need. Are they going to use a U-22 spot? Are they interested in Victor Wanyama? Uh, you know, what's the deal with Petrovic? What's the deal with Dewan Jones? We covered a long, long range of topics of potential inbound and outbound transfers. Also talked a little bit about the League's Cup coming up. Talked a little bit about the Revs Academy and the MLS Next Cup, which the Revs won for the second year in a row. Bit of a dynasty brewing over there. So very wide-ranging interview we have with Tom Bogart. Just to let you know, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic to read Tom's work, I highly recommend it. Right now they're doing a summer sale. It's a dollar a month for 12 months. You can see all of Tom's work. You can see all of Paul Tenorio's work. They do a great job at The Athletic covering Major League Soccer, one of the few outlets to do it. Before I get to that interview, not a whole lot of news and notes this week. I guess the big thing to talk about is Georgia Petrovic was named an all-star this afternoon. Uh, Carlos Hill wasn't. I think that really kind of surprised a lot of people. Petrovic is not a big surprise. I believe he is the backup because he was not the fan vote. He was a coach's choice. No surprise there with Petrovic. Carlos Hill, I think, is going to surprise a lot of people. But if you look at the attacking midfielders that he had to surpass, we're talking about Acosta, Almada, uh, Hani Mukhtar, uh, Lucas Celarayon. Um, that is a loaded attacking midfield. Looking at uh, Puig, uh, maybe Wayne Rooney could have gone with Carlos Hill over Puig. I, I think there's a very, very strong argument uh, in Carlos Hill's favor for that. Uh, but there's only so many spots and it was uh, probably the most challenging position. And with the magic of editing, I am here talking to you hours later after recording the first part of this show. There is more news that happened after uh, I finalized everything. I love when that happens. I love when news comes up after I finalize everything and when the episode is ready to go. And then I check Twitter and something has happened. Uh, the New England Revolution apparently have come to an agreement with racing in Argentina, uh, which typically is tied to Gustavo Bo. Apparently the Revs are loaning a 24-year-old winger, Tomas Chancale, Kale. I'm not going to get this pronunciation correct, C-H-A-N-C-A-L-A-Y, for those of you that want to look him up uh, on Transfer Market. Uh, The Revs have reached an agreement to loan him for a fee of $400,000 for the end of this year and $400,000 for next year, so $800,000 loan fee uh, for a one-year period. And also there is a purchase obligation 
according to Twitter, according to journalists down in Argentina, that if he plays 60% of the minutes, that will trigger a $3 million transfer fee for 75% of the player's rights. So he's not a U22 player. We talked with uh, Tom Bogart about the Revs needs. Winger is on this list. Uh, not a U22 player, uh, but might be a player that uses up a little bit of TAM depending on where his salary lands. And it sounds like if this purchase option is triggered, very possible that this is a designated player in the future. So one to keep an eye on. We'll probably talk about this more on the weekend podcast, but just to let everyone know that this news has occurred. Um, and it's very interesting. Not sure what my thoughts are on this. I know very, very little about the player, but as I say, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, in the coming weeks. I'm going to keep it short today because it is my birthday. And for the longtime listeners of our podcast, you guys know that means I am off to a lovely, lovely dinner at Applebee's tonight. Uh, if you're on social media, make sure you wish me happy birthday. If you're not following us on social media, I don't know why you're not. Go follow us at Revolution Recap on Twitter or go follow our Revolution Recap Instagram and Facebook pages. And also, we want to thank our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. And that includes Major League Soccer. FC Cincinnati, I believe the last time I checked, they were a plus 110 favorite for this weekend. So the Revs are the underdog, but 50-50 chance, according to the odds, that they come away with a point. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games, available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code Believe B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is promo code Believe B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. We also want to thank Glasso Kits. Go check out GlassoKits.com today and save fifteen percent off everything in the store. I did notice, by the way, there are some youth. New England Revolution jerseys, 2021 home kits. Those are stylish, and they are $15 each at GlassoKits.com. And that is before you use promo code REVSRECAP to save 15% off, so it's an even better deal. Uh, but even if you don't like those or you want something in an adult size, there's going to be something for you at GlassoKits.com. So go check them out today and go follow their GlassoKits Instagram and Twitter pages to get updates on their inventory. And again, use promo code REVSRECAP at checkout to save 15% off your order. With all that being said, here is our interview with Tom Bogart of The Athletic. All right, joining the podcast now uh, from The Athletic, Tom Bogart. Thank you, Tom, for joining the show. Let's get to the transfer window. We're kind of looking ahead to the transfer window. And obviously, you mentioned an extra time a few times that um, the Revs are, they bought out Joe's Yaltador. They look to be buyers. Uh, and I think a lot of Revs fans are excited about the upcoming window. Uh, who do you see as being a fit for the revolution? Where do you see them targeting? going on guys first of all thanks for having me um yeah they're definitely going to be buyers um again by, by moving josie out by using the buyout on josie out the door which you know i i want to go back to is that's a significant thing it's easy for the three of us to look at the revs or the galaxy and just be like why didn't the galaxy buy out douglas costa or why didn't this team you know we, we, we it's easy to spend other people's money so i do want to point out that that was at least two years left on josie's deal at a pretty significant number that the revs obviously still have to pay. The only relief here is, is salary cap. So I want to point out that that was a very good win now type of move for this team that so let's say in recent years has been very good and, and very ambitious, but in the past, not, not so much. So I, I want to be able to, to point out the good news. So yeah, Josie out the door has been bought out a few weeks ago. And with that comes a lot of, of salary cap flexibility beyond that. They also put Dylan Barrero on the season ending injured list. 
that opens up a U22 initiative slot and some other kind of mechanism. So within that, they have plenty of room. I'm expecting a winger to come in. I'm expecting a, a defense-minded midfielder, whether it's a number six or a box-to-box, somebody else that can play with Polster um, and give Polster kind of another option for the rare times that he's not available to play. But yeah, so those are kind of the two spots that I'm assuming the refs are going to uh, add this summer. And you mentioned too, the Dylan Brer was put on the season ending injury list that opens up the U22 slot. Uh, our listeners are big roster rule nerds. So they know that when you have two U or if you have two U22 players, you can't have that third designated player. You, you need to have them be a young designated player. So mm-hmm. we've speculated on whether or not the Rebs would go down that road um, because it might restrict them when Gustavo Bo's contract is up for next season, uh, having Barrero and then another U22. Do you think a U22 pot? player is a possibility for the revolution and is that an avenue they're looking at um it's a possibility i'm not sure if that's kind of like where they're married because like again I, I know that they definitely want to add a winger i'm not sure if they're like all right it has to be u22 initiative i don't they're not really worried about the flexibility as far as i'm concerned because again the gustavo bow's contract is up at the end of the year i don't like if he stays i don't see him being a dp anywhere in a league really like i don't mean i don't again I, I, this is all speculation from my part i want to point that out that this isn't kind of inside information but he's at a stage of his career where I don't, I don't know how many teams would be lining up to give him a dp deal and and if he's happy and wants to stay so again a long-winded way of saying that even if they did come in with another u22 initiative player i don't think that they'd be worried about oh my god somebody needs to leave right now because they'll have that flexibility it's more about planning and what they view roster construction like um after before they signed Giacomo Baroni last summer, I was asking Bruce Arena kind of, okay, like Dylan Barrero has been a really good signing. And that was a way that you can use kind of, you know, if teams want to spend, that's a place that they can spend because the transfer fees don't count against the salary cap for U22 initiative. And so I was like, are you guys going to go with the young DP so you could add two more U22 slots? And, and Bruce was in typical Bruce fashion, just super honest. He's like, yeah, not really. You know, yeah, just because Dylan Barrero was a really good signing doesn't mean that everybody who comes in as U22, he's like, we think it's more valuable for to have three senior DPs and, and one U22 initiative. So I don't know if that's evolved or changed, or maybe it's a player-by-player player basis. But yeah, I mean, if they do add a, uh, another U22 initiative player, like they won't really be worried about it in the interim. Tom, I'm wondering, uh, obviously a winger makes sense because Barrero is out for the season. It's going to take him quite a while to get back up to speed. But when you talk about a box-to-box midfielder, I think it does make sense. But the team also has a variety of options there. Noel Buck being a a young Mm -hmm. player who's very, very good, in my opinion, should be in pen into the starting lineup when healthy. Mm Tief Blessing is a a TAM player that they brought in during the offseason. And he's had good moments. He's had kind of shakier moments. And you also have some other players like Tommy McNamara now spotted in training today. He's on his way back. So there's some options there. I think for me, what's hard to understand is like, what is this team's best formation? Is it a 4-4-2? Is it a 4-3-3? Is it playing with a single striker? So can you help me understand why does a central midfielder make sense to bring in during this window? Yeah, I mean, that makes more sense than a winger for me, honestly. Like, I mean, I guess a winger to be able to play, like just have another look, but because I think their best formation is that 4-4-2 tight diamond or, or something like that, where it frees both fullbacks to get forward and that's your width. Then you have Roni in theory, if he can kind of uh, live up to the DP tag. Roni in theory plays as like the the point, the target forward or whatever you want to call it. Gustavo Bo a little bit underneath him. And then Carlos Hill playing as a 10 free because then uh, Matt Polster is is kind of the anchor in central midfield. And Blessing is, is when he was at his best at LAFC, he was playing as like a free eight and like playing as one of those shuttlers in a 4-4-2 tight diamond. You can kind of go wherever and you have like a lot of, a lot of stability around you with Noah Buck and, and Matt Poster. So for me, 
it makes sense that they would go for another number eight, trying to get another player who could be starting quality that could add competition or, or again, if there's an injury or push those other players that are starters. And it gets all three DPs on the field um, without having to put somebody out of position. So yeah, four, four, two tight diamonds where I see this team, but Nacho Gil, Nacho Hill is going to come back eventually. I saw that, uh, well, he was at training today or he's been moving around. Allegedly he'll be back at some point. So um, again, it doesn't make sense to also add a winger. So you can, you know, again, in theory, play a four, two, three, one, a four, three, three, but yeah, for me, a four, four, two tight diamond is this team's best formation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Tom, you won't know more than anyone else that people love transfer rumors. They love any morsels that come out there. Uh, Res fans were recently given a little morsel of something coming from Tom Quinlan of WPRO, mentioning that the Revs were interested in Victor uh, Winyama, uh, currently with Montreal. He's a player that they might still be interested in bringing in during this window. Have you heard anything about this? Do you think that this is a possibility of happening uh, during this transfer window? I mean, as of last week, I was told that there was nothing advanced at all, that it was just kind of preliminary. So I was told not to read too much into it. Again, things could change. Um, again, yeah, they they like the player, but you look around, like an example I always go to, there, there's a team in MLS who have a spreadsheet of every, their value for every single player in the league. And every few weeks, they'll call clubs. How much, if we wanted to trade for this player, how much would he cost? How much would he cost? So these calls happen every day, all the time. Hey, how much would, would this player cost? So I, I'm not, that's not to say entirely that, that, that there's like nothing to this or whatever, but I try to be careful of like, yeah, like they like this player and everybody would want somebody at the right price. Um, it's just nothing that has been described to me as like advanced or, or too serious at the moment. Do, do you know, out of curiosity, I know we talked about this a little bit on the podcast last week. Uh, when Yama's a designated player right now, and I know his salary is, I think his total salary is below the max dam DP threshold, but his total compensation is above it. And so, and I don't know if Montreal could eat it. I have yeah. a theory that you could eat a chunk and get it down to that 1.65 million, and then the Revs could take it. Do you know if that's possible for the Revs to even get Wanyama on the roster? Yeah, I, I was told that they could get around it. So my assumption is, is the same as you, is that, like, if something would happen, that Montreal would hold, like, I don't know, 150000 like, whatever it is to just get him to max TAM. Um, and then maybe the Revs trade that amount of money. Like, Colorado and Seattle did a loan for Danny Leva, and Colorado were able to get him on the supplemental roster because Seattle held it was like ninety six thousand of his salary, and then Colorado traded them ninety six thousand allocation money. So it's like the money was all the same, but it was just the way that he hit the cap. So that's something that I'm assuming that would happen for a trade of Victor Wanyama or anybody else who's kind of over, like that wouldn't be able to fit for a DP. But yeah, again, I think this is all kind of in theory rather than in practice. Again, at the moment, things change quickly. Uh, again, we're talking about all this. There's been so many deals that have been done already, and the transfer window doesn't open for another week and a half. So, yeah, that's true. Well, it, we're we're really starving for incoming rumors because we always hear about outgoing players, <laughs> and players, people trying to poach from the New England Revolution. I don't think there's any bigger name right now than Georgie Petrovic. Um, two part question: Is there any chance Georgie Petrovic leaves in the summer? And two, is there any chance he stays beyond next winter window? Yeah, there's there's absolutely a chance that, that he um leaves in the summer, but I don't think it's a it's a big one. I mean, again, like both sides of this year, like it hasn't gotten to a point where there's like an offer on the table and ready to go. So it's still like a lot of that stage of there are a lot of teams that like him and a lot of teams that have scouted him and have been have made their interest known to the revs. Like talking to somebody at the club who joked, it's like, yeah, dude, every other day there's like a new team that we've heard. He's like, you know, you could just you could say pretty much any team, and I'm gonna assume that that yeah, like they're interested in him. 
Um, obviously they want to keep them until the winter. Um, the different, the difficult, the difficulties are, is that like, if you end up, I don't know what the fee would be. If you end up paying 10 to 12 million for a 24 year old goalkeeper, however exactly old he is, you want him right now. You don't want to wait until the winter. So I understand why that might be tough, but man, the revs would have to be blown away by an offer, I think, to even consider it. And it would probably have to be Petrovic pushing for it as well. Like in their perfect world, they keep him for the winter. Um, Anything is possible, uh, but I can't. I can't see a scenario in which he's still here after the winter. So I don't know. Again, if if I was the Revs or a Revs fan, I, I'd be. If you offered me right now, he could definitely stay until the winter. I, I would take that and, and no no questions asked and, and not not kind of wager for anything else. Uh, before I kick it over to Seth, too, for his next question, I've seen some online sources throw out numbers of like twenty four, thirty million, which seem absurd to me. Matt Turner was still for like seven million. Is that? I mean, are those numbers absurd to you as well? I feel like those are kind of stuff. Yeah, it's insane. Alfonso Davies was twenty two million, including add ons. Like, Gaga um, Sonino was ten million up front with five million add ons. Like, and he was seventeen or whatever when he was sold. Like again, I think Petrovic is a better keeper right now, but like people buy potential and Chelsea like. I don't know. Is Manchester United coming in with $20 million, $25 million for Petrovic? I'd, I'd be kind of surprised, but hey, who knows? Another player that is obviously gaining interest abroad is Noah Buck. Uh, what are you hearing about Buck? Yeah, a lot of English teams like him. Um, he's one where it would make sense to agree a deal now for the winter because at his age like and, and the minutes that he's getting here, even, even if an English club are like, yeah, we think we even think he might be ready for minutes right now, like there's there'd be no real reason to risk like to overpay to get him immediately. And again, the revs aren't going to do it. Like they they're keeping him until the winter at least, but yeah, that that's one where I could see a deal being agreed this summer for the winter. a la Tejan Buchanan, but yeah, Buck is, I don't know, around this time last year, whenever he was like just first getting into the first team, um, I heard some good things from like Academy coaches, but again, like you there, you hear a lot of good things about a lot of good players and you're always curious to see how, they're going to kind of um, make the jump to the pro game. And like, I don't know, within his first couple appearances, it was like, I was talking to like Matt Doyle about him. We we're both like, wow, this kid, this kid's got a chance. He's legit. And then all winter, I was like, I think he's going to have a legit chance to be a starter. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I knew he would have been this indispensable starting level player. But like, just looking at the roster and like talking to people at the club, they were like, yeah, I think he's ready for minutes and we'll see. Like they, they gave him the chance to win the minutes. He won the minutes and I'm looking at him now. Yeah. So he's got an English passport. He's, Eligible for England and Wales. I'm pretty shocked that Wales haven't at least tried to call them up yet. Maybe, maybe they're a little slow in the passports. But again, England English FA has reached out to New England. Um, English FA has been in contact with Buck and Buck's representatives. Like they said that they plan to call them up in the future. So yeah, this is a it's a really high level talented kid, and and it's been awesome to watch him kind of graduate from youth to like really get into the first team here uh, with the Reds. All right, let's talk about the last one that the Revolution might lose, unless you know of any other players that are on the radar right now. Dewan Jones has been the uh, target of rumors for, for a few years now, currently with the U.S. men's national team. He's getting up there in age. Uh, what yeah. do you think? Is Dewan Jones going to make that leap, or do you think he's someone's going to stay in MLS for quite a while? Yeah, I think it might be the latter now. I got I thought last summer if Stuttgart came in, because Stuttgart was supposed to sell their left back, and Dewan was was high on their list. They never sold the left back, so obviously they didn't. They didn't need to buy a new left back. Um, like you said, his age, it, it's weird. And like, look, I, I'm gonna explain it how it's explained to me. I disagree with the logic, but like, and there, there's a lot of expertise here just because I've been asking about Kai Wagner for two and a half years now about why hasn't somebody come in with a six, seven million dollar bid or whatever something fair? It's that like teams, and particularly in Germany, don't want to buy a player who they don't think they can sell to England for twenty million in three years. And it's like, Dwan Jones isn't old. He's still at the beginning of his prime. And he would be 
very useful for Stuttgart, like a mid-table, low, uh, lower-table Bundesliga team. But, like, teams don't want to spend the money. And if you're the Revs, why would you accept, like, a $3 million transfer? Like, whatever the number is, right? Like, why? What incentive would they have? Who? What are you going to use that money on, both in terms of salary cap and just real spending, to get a player like Dewan Jones? Like, so he's kind of entering that that phase for me where it's, like, really difficult to sell because the European clubs aren't going to offer a lot of money to make it worth your while. And like, you're not going to be able to replace him. Like this isn't a rising player. This is a, one of the best two left backs in the league for me. Right. Like, so yeah, I, I'm curious to see what happens. And like, he's happy. Like I want to be able to point that out too, that he's not just like, Oh man, like a team in the Cyprus first division offered me, like, I gotta go. Or like Swedish, a Swedish mid table team. See you later. It's Europe guys. Like, I don't know, Anderlecht reached out and like another, like Olympiacos and like that. He wasn't like thrilled about it. He wasn't like, he's like, yeah, no, I'd rather kind of stay here. Like, again, not don't quote me kind of directly on that, but it's like outside of the top five leagues, it's it's not like a no brainer. Oh, my God, I got to go there. Because, again, at his age, at his, you know, it's good competition here. It's gotten him into the national team. Finally, it took a little bit too long for me, but he got him into the national team and like things are going well. So it's not like he'll just jump at the first or any random European offer. It has to be something that makes sense. And getting a long-winded way of saying, I'm not sure that that option is really out there that makes sense for the player and the refs. I got some uh, listener questions here from the paid subscribers of the Blazing Musket. Um, first question here, actually, we, we've touched on a couple of the other questions. Not cool. the first question, but the first question of this mailbag. Um, <laughs> for Mark, is there anyone on the revs that is in jeopardy of being traded away from the revs when the transfer window opened? And obviously, this is Sands, you know, Buck, Petrovic. <laughs> is there another name that's kind of an odd man out? Um, last year, we saw Sebastian Leget. Anyone on that level that you've heard of? Yeah, I mean, nothing that that's really obvious to me. Nothing comes to mind. And I try to be careful, too, about even speculating here because I know that people will take it from me as like it might be something real. So like I don't want to I don't love like trading guys without any like um, without any kind of context or info. But I mean, I don't know, because like if you were if you were a GM of another club, like who would you be really looking at? Like I, if, if I'm looking at this roster, like they don't really have another center back to move like um, until Henry Kessler gets back. But even that it's like, like I don't know. It, it, Christian McCoon's already been on several teams. Like I'm sure he could be available, but like I, if I was another GM, I'd be thinking, well, like Miami had him and and then um, New England had him and, and where I already forgot where else he was at, but it's like oh, how many different teams have had him. Maybe, maybe there's not some rights. So, like, yeah, there's no, there's no real obvious one here. Like again, if, if somebody wanted to take like a roll of the dice on Giacomo Brioni, I don't think so, but yeah, there's nothing that, that kind of strikes me as obvious, but again, like I don't know where they are in senior roster spots. I think that they're good. I don't think that anybody else needs to leave for them to add two more players, but like that, that's always a possibility. You know, you kind of touched on something else. Uh, we got a question. Heel's not going anywhere, right? In parentheses, but are there any teams looking to sign Bo or Vrioni away from the Revs? Um, it's no, no insight there on the three uh, players. I imagine no insight there. And, and that, that doesn't, that rarely happens in this league. Like you were talking about extra time a little bit yesterday. And like, I forget who, I forget if it was Goss or, or Weeby or Kaylin. It was just like, yeah, like what? Like, would what do you would you trade Bernadeschi? I was like, what? When has somebody like Federico Bernadeschi been traded? Like, Alejandro Pozuelo was such a huge story last year because that was the most like unique, random like DP tra- like in prime DP being traded, and that's like even that was circumstantial because Toronto had to move him off. It was either that or like cut him, right? Like, so I don't know. Like these things don't happen, and like to be fair to these players, like again, if you're Bernadeschi or if you're Giacomo Brioni, like a year ago you were sold on the New England project. And like you wanted to sign for New England, like in Europe, they can't trade you without your permission. Like here, like we'd be like, hey, you're headed to Houston. I'd be like, what the hell? Like, 
I agreed to sign here like a year ago. Like, so I don't know. I just don't think that that's something that's realistic that happens. Like maybe it will be one day, but for me, that's more of like a, a rare, like special case. So no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, look into that too much right now. And I'm one curious, more... uh, it was brought up earlier about Sebastian Legette. Um, he was brought in last off season. It was a big piece. He was then moved during the season. It was kind of a surprise moment. Uh, we've tried to get some information, but it's kind of tight-lipped. Um, FC Dallas mentioned that the Revs were covering some of his contract. Do you know what exactly happened there and, and why the Revolution would be willing to cover some of his contract? I don't know if you know any of the story about what happened. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it was described to me as like nothing bad. Like Bruce and, and Legette obviously had the relationship going back to L.A. and they still have the relationship. And it was it was kind of like both sides understood it. It wasn't really working out, but both sides respected each other so much that it was like, you know, Bruce wasn't going to be like, we want you gone. And Legette wasn't going to be like, I want to get out of here. It was kind of like they figured out, I was like, you know, I don't know. And then, okay, if something worked out. And so it, like I was told it was a like collaborative and a good process that like, it was like, yeah, maybe this this hasn't worked out as planned. Maybe it'd be better for you. And then, you know, he goes to Dallas. And, you know, I, I know that this seems like a long, long time ago now, but he was still on the cusp of like the national team picture. And going to Dallas where they play the national team system that had one of Burhalter's assistants that had Ferreira and Ariola. Like this all made sense. So I think that it was a good landing spot for the jet and it made sense for new England. Like he wasn't, he was like positionless here. Like he fits much better into their four, three, three as a number eight than like what he was playing a little winger. He was playing a little 10. He's playing a little eight. Like he was kind of bouncing around. So like, I don't know that like, again, the way it was described to me was that it, it was really kind of positive on all sides that like, it just a collaborative, like, yeah, this just isn't really working out. Like we hoped. Another player that left last year was Adam Buxa getting transferred over to, to lens there. Uh, injuries, plague season, wasn't able to get on the field a lot. He's now, you know, the center of rumors. Like, where will he end up? Do you think he comes back to MLS at all? And if so, do you think the Revs could be a possibility for him? Um, I would love for him to come back to MLS. Like, I don't I know that he was very ready to go back to Europe um, this time last year, whenever it was, so. Maybe it'd be a little surprising, but um, again, if I'm an MLS team, like you know, Nashville is the obvious one that gets thrown out. If I'm an MLS team with an open DP spot, like RSL before they signed Chicho Rango, like it's the same kind of like mold. You get a guy who was an absolute killer in MLS. He left and came back real quick. So teams should be looking into it. I don't know where his head's at, like what what necessarily he wants. Again, I know that he wanted to get back to Europe, partly because of the national team, partly for whatever else that like it was kind of ready. So I don't know if he wants to stick it out in Europe or if again, like, I'd imagine he'd be getting paid very well if he came back to MLS. So like that obviously helps change the math and change the decision-making. So yeah. Um, again, if I, if I was a GM with the open DP spot and he fit my model, like that's somebody I'd, I'd he'd be high on the list uh, for the revs. No, like I don't, unless that you get rid of uh, Rioni, like, cause I'd be surprised if Buxa doesn't change clubs this summer and, and the revs can't do it this summer. So that would, you know, e even if he doesn't like, I, I don't know if, what lenses plan for him is. Maybe I should just, be careful because i don't know what the hell that they're gonna do but so maybe they see a future for him but like i'd imagine that he's gonna move this summer right like again just completely from the outside looking in it's somebody who didn't play at all because of injury and had, had struggles and now that they're in the champions league they're, they're a different club than he joined a year ago so i don't know um regardless i'd imagine that that would be something resolved this summer and the refs can't do anything this summer shifting gears over from the transfer window to something else coming up the summer leagues cup uh one question we got here is I think League's Cup could be great for club soccer in the region, but it doesn't seem like Bruce Arena is too excited about it. Um, he's kind of made some comments about the schedule in general of the League's Cup kind of as the centerpiece of that. Uh, what's the feeling about this competition throughout MLS? Um, I can only speak for myself. Like, 
I think I understand both sides of that. Like, I'm pretty juiced for it, honestly. Like, I'm, I really like the idea of all MLS clubs versus all League MX clubs, and this will be a fun tournament, honestly. I understand the concerns about the games. Um, this, I was more excited about this before the playoffs got added a bunch more games. Um, again, like, I guess I'd consider myself somebody who's conscious of, of players and, and player desires. Like, this is, it's a lot, man. Like, Every team is going to be playing upwards of you're guaranteed whatever 40 games in a season if you don't make the playoffs and if you don't advance through any of these competitions. And Philadelphia Union are looking at like 55, right? Like that's that's a lot. And MLS rosters have been again. I don't, I don't want to do the, the hacky, the obvious. Yeah, they need to op- open the rosters or more money or whatever. I, I think for me, it'd be the one way to to kind of work around this is like the supplemental roster that most of the homegrowns are on. That should be expanded. Even like, I think that's a no brainer. That's kind of an easy one. Cause like I was talking to people at like the Red Bulls, they just like, I think we'll talk about like kind of GA Cup, GA Cup, the um, MLS next playoffs and all that stuff. The Red Bulls U15 team won their A Dragon. They did really well at the GA Cup as well. And they have a couple kids that they're, that they're looking to sign and just the normal pathway to pro, but they already have X amount of homegrown players in the first team. And like that shouldn't even be a thought to me whether it, it should be, is this player ready? to be a professional is this it does this is the pathway that makes the most sense for this player it should never come into the math well we have five players on our supplemental roster what if we do this and we move one of the guys to the senior roster like that should never get in the way of promoting an academy kid to the first team so that would be i think one way to obscure the the games but like yeah it's it's a lot of games and and i don't know we'll see how it goes but i I do i do have optimism that this will be fun you're preaching to the choir there because I look at someone like Nick Firmino who scored his first goal last year. And he was a player that I think got pushed off of the revs uh, first team roster. He was on a supplemental roster spot because there were some other Academy kids coming in behind him, kind of moving around like Damian Rivera. And now Damian Rivera is in that spot where he's probably getting pushed out because he's yeah. got some younger players behind him. So I think if you expand that from 10 to 15 or 20, and then of course there's also your Ima Botangs and your early words juniors and, yeah. and sweats who, who take up their, their veterans, but they take up some on roster spots and that's, that kind of messes up with the Academy uh, structure. Uh, speaking of academies real quick, the Revs have a, a dynasty now, it seems like potentially with uh, the MLS next cup. Um, do the Revs have the best Academy in the league? It seems like a, a, an area that they made a ton of strides in under Bruce Arena and Curtin Alfa. I wouldn't go as far as to say the best in the league, but yeah, what's happening with this academy is awesome, man. Like, dude, four years ago, like, what you'd we'd be killing the Revs Academy right now. I'd be like, who have they produced? They don't put anybody in the first team, all this stuff. Chris Tierney, Curtin Alfa, like, these guys deserve a ton of credit for what they've done, like, helping develop, produce the likes uh, of No Buck. And then again, like, Bruce Arena, like, a legendary coach, one of the, the best ever in this league. The one thing you could knock him for in like 2016 was, how many young players did he develop with the Galaxy? Like, Omar Gonzalez was, like, the only name that you can come up with. And now look at him. Like, he's, he's playing Buck. He's playing, like, there was that game where where it was um, Buck, Jack, and and uh, Esmir. That it was like, oh, my God, this is the same Bruce Arena that people were like, he will never play young players. And all of a sudden, he's playing three kids that are 18 years old. Like, I don't know. Like, it, it's, it's definitely, they've done a lot of really good things. I wouldn't go as far as to say best yet, but, like, they're definitely – Going up to that top, like the top tiers, like obviously Philly and Dallas are kind of like the OGs there. Red Bulls are really good. San Jose are doing a lot of good stuff lately. I'm sure that I'm I'm missing teams off the top of my head, but like the Revs, like legit are are, are right up there. And again, like Bruce Arena, Curtinova, Chris Tierney are three names that come to mind of just like really, really good work to like reverse or, or you know, build all this up that they've done. Like this doesn't happen by accident. It's not just because Noel Buck was born near New England. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of natural talent and a lot of these kids, but like if you don't give them the the pathway, the platform, then like 
doesn't really matter. Or and if they if they don't believe in the pathway, they'll just go sign somewhere else. So again, I think the Revs deserve a lot of credit. A lot of the Revs players aren't from New England either. Esmir and Santiago <laughs> Suarez coming in from around the country. So, uh, Seth, uh, any other final questions to wrap up here? No, I'm going to ask you one. Uh, in the offseason, you have Ima Boateng, who well, was a free agent. And Greg likes to talk about this a lot on Twitter. Uh, he comes back signing for less money, around 90000 I believe, something like that. And, and we we talked to him, and he said all the right things. Uh, he wanted to be in New England. You know, he didn't want to move. Are there teams around this league that are kicking themselves for not signing Ima Boateng during the offseason? It was pretty great. Like the fact that he came back on like trial initially, like that was weird. Like I was like, why didn't if they're like, you know who he is, right? Like just you could just sign him or not. Like w- wouldn't you have your decision made already? Not like him, the the his assist to Bobby Wood, that like phenomenal ball from the left channel that like he bent in. I was like, it just made me so happy to see. Um, again, Bobby Wood, uh, who people would have said was washed last year, and Ima Boateng, who people would be like, if you if he's playing, like that's not a good sign. Like I don't know, man. I always get excited that when when these. I guess squad players, roster players, like are, are still able to prove that why they're on the roster and that with a little playing time again, like it probably wasn't plan A for him to be playing as many minutes as he has, but he's done really well and he's earned it. So I don't know. I think we're too quick to kind of write off players or too quick to say, oh, there's a 19 year old who has the chance to maybe be better. He needs to play. This guy needs to get cut. Like, I don't know, man. This is professional soccer. It's not a U23 league. And I don't know. It's maybe really happy to see both saying kind of playing well. All right. Well, Tom, I think we're, we're at our limit for time. We could talk to you for another couple hours uh, in the <laughs> brain, but we really appreciate you coming on the show today. Cheers. I'll be back uh, when I'm not moving. So it's, it's easier to plan. <laughs> Thanks again to Tom Bogart of the athletic for joining the show today. Just a reminder that this show is presented to you by bet online. Make sure you use promo code believe B L E A V on your first deposit to receive a 50% welcome bonus. And also thank you to Colasso kits. Remember to use promo code revs recap for 15% off your order. Colasso You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.